Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up the Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurous, sinner as a savior's or Are they demented, love the punishment, I can't be sure But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force To make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor Hello everybody, and welcome to the inaugural episode of A Talking Cast The A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for I am your host, Dylan Reed Miller, and with me today is our guest from It's Not Casablanca podcast, Kevin Brady. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Dylan. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being our first guest. I'm totally stoked to be here. That's that's quite the honor to be the inaugural guest host on a talking cast. I, I like that's required to like say it like that too. You've got to really oh, get yeah, those definitely. two exclamation points and one question mark in there. It has to be in that order. Exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. Absolutely, absolutely. I, Just I enunciate it. Um, so this is a new podcast exploring minute by minute the enigma that is the film A Talking Cat. I, I can only imagine that this was highly in demand. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I think everyone was just clamoring for someone to take a deeper look at this movie. Sure, absolutely. It, it's really deserving of uh, 123 separate podcasts to oh break down minute by minute what actually happened in this movie. Who made it? Who's responsible? Who do I complain to? It's impossible to explain. I've tried to explain this movie to people and why they should watch it, and I just can't do it. So yeah, I, I was kind of... I'll just link them to this. Yeah, I was kind of blown away by how much it kept my attention. A lot of times I enjoy a really bad movie, but usually only if I'm surrounded by others who are like-minded individuals who also like a really bad movie. But this one kind of gripped me, and I was able to make it through 123 minutes of garbage. <laughs> So in this first episode, we're, we're checking a look at the very first minute of A Talking Cat. All right. So um, the movie opens up with, uh, as, as all movies do, opens up with your production logos, right? Yeah. The first one's for uh, Phase 4 Films, which That's looks right. like a palette-swapped Fantastic Four logo. I had the same thought. It's, I don't know how Marvel or Disney haven't sued these people yet. They clearly stole their logo. I, I don't think they really care. You don't? Because I'll tell you what. I did some research on Phase 4 Films. Oh. And and let me tell you what kind of movies they're responsible for. So their latest release from Phase 4 Films is a movie called Boxcar Children, mm-hmm. which is an animated film about hobos. Oh. Children. Hobo children. children? Living, yes, hobo, hobo children, children living on a train uh, with bindle sacks and, and the whole bit. Uh, Wasn't that a kid series? The Boxcar Kids? Not one that I ever watched. Like a, uh, No, no, no. A book series. A book series. It's possible. Um, anyway. Sorry, anyway, so this is, it looks to have uh, animation somewhere falling between Toy Story 2 and Food Fight. So mm-hmm. it's it's somewhere in that realm. Uh, it's, it's way up there with like the cream of the crop. Absolutely. Uh, they're also responsible for the, the latest Yui Bowl masterpiece, uh, Rampage Capital Punishment. 
That's right. It's a movie about an anti-hero who exacts revenge on the rich by causing chaos in Washington, D.C. The same people that brought you a talking cat bring you Rampage, Capital Punishment. Finally, the one that that really blew me away was, and and this is, uh, I mean, how could you go wrong with The Dependables? That's right. (laughs) If you thought The Expendables was full of old actors, well, look out. The Dependables is just like The Expendables, except the only recognizable name is Louis Gossett Jr., because unfortunately, everyone else they wanted is already dead. There you go. So it's The Expendables meets Grumpy Old Men. Uh, that is the one of the most recent releases from Phase 4 Films. Clearly, these guys are all about the art. Yeah, I think they're, they, they just have their finger on the pulse of the art film scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then our follow-up to that is another logo. For TMCC. TMCC, who I tried to look up, and the only Google return on TMCC is a community college out in the Midwest somewhere. So so this movie is supporting education as well. Great. I mean, I thought maybe this was a student film. So that that totally fit in when I said, okay, this makes sense. Because I couldn't imagine that, you know, a a human being with experience Mm -hmm. had actually made this movie. (laughs) And when I saw that TMCC linked to a community college, it made perfect sense that maybe it was just some film department trying to get their name out there. I don't think they're connected. And then we follow up with a very slow fade. <laughs> and then a uh, a shot of a forest that appears to be a still image. Yeah, I mean, I noticed that myself. Um, you, know, you see there's some smoke going by the trees, except it's not going. Uh, <laughs> the smoke is just kind of hanging there in the air. Just chilling. Motionless. Just chilling. Like smoke does not do. Really? You're so sure? You're sure it just doesn't... Hang out? I'm relatively certain. I'm re- I mean, I, I've seen some... As a matter of fact, I'm looking at some smoke right now coming off of a candle in my house, mm-hmm. and it's moving. I've never seen smoke just kind of hang and not do anything. There you go. Defying the laws of physics already. I mean, maybe maybe they've managed to somehow capture. I don't know. But uh, I can't imagine... I can't imagine the advantage of using a still shot there. I mean, it's not like you're, you're needing to develop film anymore. It's all digital. Yeah, I... Pure laziness? I have no I, idea. Yes, I think that's probably the best exa- the best answer. Pure yeah. laziness. That'll be a running theme in a talking cat. And then we've got some lovely uh some lovely footage of a forest. Uh it's very lovely. Do, do we know how much is going on? Do we know what the cat's doing out there in the forest? I mean Yeah, it never really explains how he gets there, does it? No, I'd love to know that's kind of the movie I want now, is the talking cat prequel. To find yeah, out where, where he, Duffy comes from. Where did from? he come from? Who was he helping before this family? Was was what? he abandoned by that family? Oh no, a tragedy. <laughs> I mean, oh, not even. I mean, not even that. But I mean, if you had, maybe he escaped from that family. Maybe because he was a talking cat, they were trying to sell him to a freak show, use him in the circus, get rich quick off of him, and then Duffy had to escape so he could actually help the people who were distracted by their beeping machines. Exactly. We've already created the premise for a more interesting movie than a talking cat, I feel. I think we should crowdsource this thing and get it funded. Kickstarter can work miracles these days, you know? If Zach Braff can do it, why not us? Um, and we've got some lovely, like, grooving music going on. and Yeah, um, I didn't... Obviously, we haven't reached any real credits yet, so I don't know who's responsible for that music. I can only assume it was from an old, early 80s Casio keyboard. I'm uh, pretty sure I had one that made that same bossa nova groove when I was 12. I Maybe their music composer was a 12-year-old who just discovered his Casio keyboard. Well, you know? I, I was also in the understanding that potentially the director was a 5-year-old, so that also wouldn't blow my mind to have a 12-year-old be the one responsible for the music. Yeah, I mean, maybe this is a whole new generation of artists, and by 
by dissing them, we're going to crush their hopes and dreams. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so we're almost we're almost through a minute here, and I have not seen a damn cat yet. Already false advertising. Come on, a talking cat. Come but never on. fear. At the 53-second mark, Dylan, there it is. We get our first glimpse of Duffy. Duffy, Duffy the talking is cat. Our, Duffy is our uh, titular character, the talking cat. And at 53 seconds, he exits this forest, I guess. It kind of doesn't look like the same place. Well, I mean, you know, you go from the shot of this this vast waterfall to mm-hmm. what I think they're trying to play off as the same location is actually somebody's backyard. And, yeah. And I think that for two reasons. Uh, the tree that he emerges from behind uh, has Christmas lights on it, mm-hmm. inexplic- completely inexplicably. And if you notice, he steps over some kind of, I don't know, barrier, some gardening barrier or something at some point. So that really has no place out in a... Uh, yeah, my dog is getting jealous. We're talking about a talking cat, not a talking dog. Oh, <laughs> There he is. Maybe we'll do a sequel for the uh, the magic dog, the other one they did. <laughs> a magic puppy? The Halloween puppy, is that it? Some dude gets turned into a puppy. So. Oh, God, is that actually the premise? I think so, yeah. It's like their, their mom's boyfriend gets turned into a, a puppy. Wait, isn't that the premise it's of like the shaggy a- dog? It's like a bulldog. It's it's pretty cute, but not a good movie, <laughs> in case you're wondering. I feel like they stole that from the Shaggy Dog. Oh, well, you know, they're they're known for their original ideas. I'm sure you're just missing. Now, let me ask you, how many of these, because I, I think in my lifetime I've seen a, a fair amount, how many of these, you know, movies starring animals have you seen? Probably, probably a lot, right? Oh, God. Have I? I don't know. You've got your Garfield, your Marmadukes. Does, does Food Bite count as... Starring an animal? Uh, yeah, I get to dance the morphic. a dog. Sure. Yeah. I, the reason I ask is I feel like mm-hmm. there's a tradition of, you know, in these movies that, that feature animals and, and talking animals at that, it goes yes. one of two ways. You're either going to have the animal that narrates with no actual, you know, movements of the mouth. You just kind of hear the animal's mm-hmm. thoughts throughout the movie. Or you're going to have the animal that just straight up talks right into the camera. Mm-hmm. You're not typically going to have both, I don't think. This movie breaks that convention. It's breaking new ground, like we said. Exactly. It's a work of art. Because truly. our experience in this first minute, we never actually see Duffy speak. We just hear his inner monologue provided by Eric Roberts. We're talking about that when his credit comes up, so shh. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. We can't acknowledge who the voice of Duffy oh, is yet. It is. It's Eric Roberts, but <laughs> I guess we go more in detail awesome. later. Okay. Yes, yeah. It's actually the second credit for Minute 4, I think. Oh, is it really? Okay. Yeah, it is Eric Roberts uh, with a very low-quality voiceover. Sleepy performance, I think, best way to put it? Sleepy, drunk, maybe. Completely disinterested? Yeah. I'd really love to know how much he got paid for this gig. How many beeping machines could he buy? (laughs) Um, Yeah, it sounds like it's from over a phone, you know. Couldn't make it out, so just phoned it in. Phoned it right in. Quite literally. Quite yeah, literally phone exactly. Um, I also, um, this might be a spoiler for later in the movie. Oh, no. uh, so I, I would hate to be a spoiler, but in looking at this shot of the cat emerging from behind a tree, right. there's a thing on the rock to the left that looks an awful lot like a prop that gets used later in the movie. Really? Yeah. This... Maybe in the climax, maybe. So do you think it they're looks... intentionally foreshadowing here? But that prop is hidden later in the movie. So I think that's an interesting uh, an interesting oversight of a rather important prop. So you don't think they're intentionally foreshadowing, you just think it was lazy directing? I do, yes. Because I'm pretty sure it was in a tree, wasn't it? 
Uh, anyway. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And it's on a rock, so. Unless Duffy has just left it there. It is. I, I don't quite know. And it is, I'll tell you what, I'm just, I'm rewinding it and checking out. It is pretty prominently sitting there. It's right yeah. there on the rock. And that is, so that's, that's uh, right there at the end of our minute, too. So we get to sneak in that information. <laughs> You're welcome, Easter eggs. Oh my goodness, our minute's up. Yeah, I think we've, we've, reached, uh, we've reached the end of what we have to say about this minute. I think we uh, warned you coming into it, it's not much. Yeah, yeah, well, um... Do you have any uh, closing thoughts anymore? Uh... Well, I, I think it's important to note that uh, if you can make it through this first minute of this movie, not our podcast, obviously, because we're expecting all 124 or 5 of these to be totally entertaining. But if you can get past this first minute where literally nothing happens, uh, I think you can make it through the whole damn movie. It only gets better from here. I mean, still nothing happens, but... Well, no, but eventually people <laughs> show up and they attempt to have conflicts that need to be resolved and there's a lot of weird shit that doesn't belong in a children's movie that happens later and and i'm looking forward to hearing some people's takes on uh on on really some of the some of the later just absolute insanity that breaks out in this movie it's gonna be a total riot and yeah you can you can count me as as a very excited future downloader well we'll uh we'll we'll hold you to that we'll we'll track your ip so we know if you're actually downloading our episodes no, oh, great. Thanks, big brother. All right. Well, I think that about wraps up uh, episode one. Uh, it's been really wonderful. Thank you for being my first guest, or our first guest. It's not well, thank just Thank you for me. having me. We have many other hosts that will join us, many other guests, and we are really looking forward to having you back in future, maybe? Uh, I think I might be able to squeeze you in for another minute or two at some point. Uh, well, goodbye to our audience. Please tune in next week when we'll discuss actual things that Duffy says because he can talk because it's a talking cat goodbye right. goodbye everybody minute by minute that's what they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt so grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in the talking cast is about to begin it's a That was episode one of A Talking Cast, the A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for. Your host was Dylan Reed Miller with guest host Kevin Brady. Episode edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. Voiceover by John Kowaleski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A Talking Cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. In loving memory of Griffin Doherty.